1: Hey, Rockstar Nation. My name is Ian, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Beth Traverso from Seattle, Washington. Mega agent, team owner, huge success story. Beth, really excited to have you on the program today. Welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Hi, Ian. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being invited to participate in your program. Thank Absolutely.
1: you. Absolutely. Beth, you've got an awesome story, and I want to get right into that because I think it's going to be able to impact and influence a lot of other Absolutely. agents. So, Tell us about you. You're from Seattle?
2: Yeah, so I'm in Seattle. I actually live just outside Seattle about 20-30 minute drive from the Seattle from the center of Seattle. And um, I I lead a team of myself and three agents and we did about 90 transactions last year, a volume of about 62-63 million and our average sale price is around $680,000. Love that. Yeah.
1: So You've got an interesting story. So you've been in real estate for 20 plus 20, years.
2: Yes, 21 years. And um, the first, the first uh, part, part of my career, it's almost two sections in my career. The first part of my career, I was just kind of winging it and doing okay. And I had a decent enough business, but it wasn't really a business. It was kind of more about just like whatever sort of happened to come my way. And I was able to make a decent enough living doing that. But then I reached a point about uh, five years ago where I really had to kind of a do or die moment, where I pretty much had to reinvent myself and do things differently and treat my business as a business, and that really was a pivotal point in my career and my life.
1: What was that moment?
2: So I think we all remember. I'll, I'll back up a little bit further. So about you know around 2008, 2009 was when you know the economy was collapsed. You know the world was falling down around us and you know real estate was at the center of that and for myself you know I I, everything that we my my husband and I we had built was all centered around real estate where the real estate investments my real estate career his construction career all of our safety nets basically went away and we lived off our savings for a while with some land that we were able to fire sale um and I had three little kids you know like newborn and and a a toddler and a preschool. And uh, one of them had major health problems and everything was threatened all at once. And um, I, I kind of had a realization. I was thinking, well, what can I do about this to take control back? I was starting to feel defeated, which is a horrible place, a horrible place to be. Sure, sure. And so I, I, I looked at my life and I said, well, well, you know, what can I do? And I realized really what I'm good at is real estate. And you always knew I had great potential that was relatively untapped. And it really came down to a point of like, I, I have to do, it's like do or die. Like I have to do this. There's no other option. Um, I need to find what resources I can find to learn how to do this in a real significant way. And once I made that change and started doing the work and um, building the business and seeing this, then I just started seeing the results of so this, the success started to come and then that, that fueled me to just do better and seeing that, growth and then explosive growth that just now that energizes me and keeps me propelled forward
1: love it what were those things that you found that made that difference
2: as far as like resources yeah was or, it
1: regeneration? generation was it changing yeah. brokerages what was it
2: it was changing brokerages first of all my 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 the broker owner of the remax franchise that i'm with he's a very entrepreneurial person And he happened to, he actually just kind of cold called me out of the blue, like, hey, you want to come join my brokerage? And it was right when I was thinking about, like, I need to do something big. And um, his approach was different. It was more about, like, teaching me how to be a business person rather than how to be a good real estate agent. Because I already knew how to be a real estate agent. I didn't serve clients. It was more about, like, how to be a good business person. So, like, that, that really clicked with me. Um, and so they they gave me a business plan of basically like do this and then do that. Like every week I would just do a different thing and build off of that thing. Um and then I um I joined coaching through I coached through Tom Ferry's organization and so um that bigger game changer too, just to keep leveling up. I'm always about constantly looking for the next level and there's always room for growth, never get complacent. Just so basically just using those tools to continue to build and so it involves lead generation involves branding involves a lot of different things
1: so what was it about coaching that really helped shape you
2: it's always nice i kind of reached a level where i felt like i had surpassed a lot of the agents that i knew and i needed to um surround myself with people who are operating at a higher level to help me um realize what is possible got it you know you need to have peers and people that are always above you like i don't ever want to be like the the top person, right, right. I want to be learning from others who have gone before me, done things in a bigger, better way. I just learn from those people, and it's tapping into that coaching community was really, uh, really pivotal. Pivot to sorry, pivotable. pivotal.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so leveling up your peer group,
2: exactly. exactly. Yeah. Great
1: mentorship and coaching, and then let's talk exactly. about some of the skills exactly. before we get into your like the details of your business. What were the skills you actually leveled up? Obviously, personal development was one of those, it sounds like. So you grew yeah. as a person. Yeah. But what, Who were you before? Like, what were you doing before? You were still closing a good amount of deals. And then what happened in like five years ago? Because that wasn't the economic downturn that we know of like 2008. What it happened at
2: like? started running out, honestly. What was it? <laughs> that, that was when the money started running out. So got that it, got fun. it. Yeah, and that I didn't I you know, I'm not the kind of person that has like a fallback, you know. So, and I've never had another career other than real estate. I've always been in real estate. So, God. yeah.
1: You ran for what, 15 years in a reactive mode? Yes. Wow. Yes. okay. So, can you talk about that a little bit because I know there's I know there's a lot of agents out there, myself included, a while a long time ago that I would just take what was kind of coming and yes, I was lead generating and I'm sure you were too. Yeah. But not in, a, in, not in a purposeful manner. It was an entrepreneurial manner. So it was like, right. yes, I'm doing the things that I think I should be doing. And I, yes, I'm getting some business and I'm satisfied, but I'm not growing.
2: Right. And so basically, it was just working, you know, before I was mostly just working off my sphere and my past clients and, you know, people I found at open houses, et cetera. Just kind of more like not, real, not enough lead generation pillars and not enough uh, volume to really sure. sustain growth and so I basically I, I just started bringing in different sources of lead generation working with strangers more or less you know what right. that strangers, you know working on that I started uh, Zillow actually was really um is really pivotal pivot <laughs> there's that word again <laughs> it was really pivotal bringing bringing Zillow on was really pivotal in my business um because it allowed me to bring in a diff an additional lead generation source where people were coming to me directly. And so I just kind of I dove both feet in on that one to develop that.
1: You're still doing that today?
2: I am, yes. Okay.
1: So let's, think, let's get down to it. How many transactions, uh, how many houses did you guys sell your team in the last 12 months?
2: 90 houses.
1: 90. Is that, is, I- that, is that normal for, for Seattle or is that um, not normal? No. Obviously, that's a lot.
2: It's a lot. It puts me in the top one percent in the area, probably top point one, maybe. About fifty-five of those were me, my were in me individually doing that, right. and the other were team members.
1: Talk about so, the structure of your team for uh, a second. So it's yeah. yourself, and it was it three other agents.
2: Yes, I just brought on a third agent. Right. So it was myself and two other agents that work. You know, primarily as buyer agents, but not exclusively. And then I have an admin, a full time admin that helps uh, support our team and our clients.
1: Got it. And how much yeah. volume? How much volume is that? Ninety houses.
2: Oh, uh, it's about sixty three million or so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You,
1: got, you got a nice price point there. Six hundred and fifty
2: thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My average sale price is something like six hundred and eighty two thousand, something like that.
1: Wow, that's that's awesome. And so, how much GCI did you get from that?
2: Uh one point six five in twenty eighteen.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, do you ever look back on that and go, man, five years ago, I was scrounging for money and I just, you know, five years later, I made a million six.
2: It's still kind of, when I step back, <laughs> it still is kind of uh, mind boggling to think about that.
1: That's freaking awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and then your profit margin. Can you tell us about that?
2: It's about 50%. Okay. So, it costs a lot of money to generate that kind of business. and
1: Yeah. Wow. 50% is really, that's that's uh, that's really nice, 50%. Yeah.
2: Yeah, good, wow. good. We try to run a lean ship, you know. Like, I don't have a mega team, you know. For me, I, I like to have a small, highly productive team rather than a large team. That is a cost. The for me it seems like the more people are on the team, the more uh, expenses are associated with that. Sure. Oh, so, then yeah, how many people,
1: do you handle buyers or are you all listings? What's your listing versus buyers percentage I'm, on your team? I'm
2: Sixty percent sellers, forty percent buyers. Okay. Um, I still do work with buyers a lot, and a lot of my buyers are sellers too. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and I like doing both sides. It gives me a better perspective, I think, as a as a listing agent to see what the buyers are doing out there and what they're looking for and what they're seeing. Helps me keep a better pulse on the of the market. Totally. And then- uh, the other way around, too. So when I'm working you know with sellers, I, I so work with sellers, I know what buyers are experiencing, I'm working with buyers, I know what the sellers are experiencing, and I can use that knowledge to help advise my client, whether they're a buyer or seller, if having that-, that knowledge.
1: So you talked about Zillow for the buyer leads. What's your number one source for listing leads?
2: Well, I think, you I mean, like, besides the, the usual sphere of influence and in past clients, right? So believe it or not, my, my biggest um, my biggest seller lead source is Zillow also because a well, lot of those – I know people don't really think of Zillow as being a seller lead source, but it really is, at least in my market, maybe because we are a higher price point, people have a house to sell. It's not usually a first-time buyer, although we do have some of those too. But um, a lot of – there's a good pr- percentage of those buyers that come to – us through Zillow, that have a house to sell, and so we work a lot with um, with them on, on both sides
1: Now are you doing any
2: our clients and they become generate business from there?
1: Are you doing any other marketing besides Zillow or any other type of of legion?
2: I am, yeah, I have three geographic farms that I do, um, and those have been generating business, so they did take about probably three years or so to really gather traction yeah. Uh, cause it, and because believe it and it seems to be more for like the really long-term residents seem to respond to the it's a direct mail postcard linked to a, a, a lead capture website uh through Corfact is who i use for that um like most of my marketing it's automated it happens whether i'm thinking about it or not i have to decide to do a postcard every month and like make it and deliver it you know like it just goes without me it's all my marketing is pretty much on autopilot which i think is really key to making sure it stays consistent so, so there's the there's Geographic Farm, and then I've been having some success with Yelp lately, too. I've been branching out into different um, online sources for, for lead generation, and Yelp has been, has been performing well, too. Getting a good ROI off of that.
1: I love that. Can you talk more about Yelp?
2: Yeah, so Yelp, uh, I was a little bit nervous to get on to Yelp at first, you know, because people tend to be, you know, you're, 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 putting, a, you're, you're putting yourself out there vulnerable to uh, right. negative reviews, I think that's what I think of when I think of Yelp. But, um, but a lot of people do go on there, they just Google, you know, I want to make sure people Google like real estate agent in my area that I'm popping up. It doesn't cost that much. I mean, it co- does cost money, but it's not as much as, say, like a, a Zillow or one of those other ones. We have to spend a, a, a very, very significant amount of money to get good market exposure. Yeah. Uh, Yelp, there's fewer people in there, for at least in my area. Um, it's very important to respond very quickly. It's always, that's always the case, right, with the Speed to Lead, you know, but definitely on Yelp. And you have to just like anything, you gotta be ready to kind of sort through the good and the bad to find them in there. But they've sure. got a lot of people who, like by the time they come to me, they're pre-sold because they've looked at me. Usually they look at me on my website. They see me on Yelp and all the it's all about the reviews again. Getting reviews on Yelp, they see you on Zillow. They see me everywhere. And then by the time they come to me, they're usually pre-sold, which makes my job a lot easier. So it's basically about like owning my online presence across all platforms, so that I get a lot of really really warm. Uh, introduction some people coming to me asking for help love that buying or selling yeah so
1: regarding regarding your your number one source which is zillow right or is it yeah. soi so let's say regarding the number one source
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: what what could you tell our listeners to do right now that would help increase their production right away on zillow yeah
2: yeah i would say go in there and fill out make sure your profile is very robust there's yep. a lot of help free. You can do that for free. And even if you spend zero, I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about Zillow, but all I can say is like they are offering a free platform out there for you to claim your, uh, your presence in your area. So I think anybody can go on there, put a good picture on there, write a nice bio, claim your past sales. So people can see it on the map. Um, make sure that, there's something good on there because people are going to vet you online before they call you, wherever they find you. Even if it's a referral from their friend refer you, they're going to check you out online. And then Zillow is one of the places, probably the biggest place that people go online to vet their real estate agent. Yeah. So that is the number one thing you can do is just go on there, make sure your your profile is very robust. You can upload a video on there. There's a lot of things you can do for free on Zillow. So definitely, I think everybody should do that
1: love that. And then uh, you have a full-time admin. As far as systems, what systems are you super excited about?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I, we use Asana Task Management, and it's not very exciting because it's really just like a checklist system, <laughs> but it, it excites me because it gets me out of my head because I'm one of those people, I'm very, very, like, uh, I have a very, very high standard of uh, quality, and so I want to make sure nothing slips through the cracks because that's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. So, um, working with Asana, basically like if something comes up that I feel needs to happen with a transaction or every transaction, we just change our template, add another checklist item in there. We can add a time where, ha- what, t- at what point it happens in the transaction. You can have the email templates like loaded in there or like at this point call this person. And so basically it just makes it all as, a. Uh, automated and systemized as possible i mean a human's doing it you know but it makes it like i don't have to remember to tell her like hey can you call and remind um can you you know ask about the appraisal at this for this house you know she knows what to to do when it's time to schedule the final walkthrough what are we going to do for a client gift that kind of thing it's like it's all in there and I, i don't have to think about every single thing because when you get beyond a certain a number of transactions it becomes impossible to keep all that in your head so you have to have a good systems to build it on or the whole thing will disintegrate unravel yeah it. yeah
1: <laughs> did you have those type of systems before or were you just running like no. everything in your head
2: i was running in my head like i get a listing and i'd be like a little overwhelmed like what am i forgetting what do i need to do now right. or what what happens now now it's like Seller wants to, seller calls, you know, like you have it, okay, here's what I'm going to do now. Here's what's going to happen my phone call. Here's what's going to my pre listing package. Here's what I'm going to say when I'm at their house. And here's what I'm going to do at the listing appointment. Here's what I prepare before the listing appointment. When we get the listing, what happens next? is all this like boom, boom, boom. Everything's very uh, ordered. And um, so it allows me to focus on the client and being present for them instead of thinking about all the minutia and all the little, you know, paperworky things that aren't really like the my strong suit
1: so sure i mean at the end of the yeah. day every transaction is pretty much the same it's just the human element right. that makes it different right yeah. so having right. the the setup of once this happens this happens like we have that too we have a a next step email and an expectations email that goes out yeah. and it's yeah. triggered in the system by something so uh, from a lead to a prospect from a prospect to an appointment appointment to a client something exactly. triggers yeah
2: that's awesome yeah. Game-changing, yeah.
1: Game-changing. And that system was yeah. called Asana ASANA?
2: Yeah, ASANA. And I forget what it costs, but it's really reasonable, super easy to use. We live by it.
1: And that's your full transaction management software? Yeah. And does your admin do all your transaction coordination? She does. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 90 transactions. That's that's awesome. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, she, she has an assistant now, too, a part-time assistant that helps okay. her. Okay. Yeah, she does. Our listing prep and the transaction management. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. And the marketing stuff, too. So, yeah, it's a lot.
1: At what point did you get the admin on board? At what point were you like, okay, enough?
2: Right. Yeah. So, a couple of years ago, my coach was on me for like a year to get an assistant before I actually did. And it's scary to make that leap. I get sure. it because it's possible for somebody else's livelihood to, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't have pressure. But I, I brought on an assistant, you know, and I kind of went against advice. Like I got somebody who was like a licensed agent to be my assistant and a, like a buyer's agent or a showing helper, you know, so she was doing like sales work and admin. It really is better to get one or the other. Like, like my, my administrator, she's a rock star with what she does. She doesn't desire to be in real estate sales. Like she wants to do what she does. And in return, like she gets her I never bother her evenings and weekends <sighs> gets that time is her time. I do not sure. salespeople is different, you know, as anything goes, you know. So I so I hired somebody who was kind of just straddling the line, doing both and right when she uh, was brought on a couple years ago it was my my busiest week ever so far in my career like I had like eight transactions in one week and I was just like whoa I was just I didn't have all my systems going uh, really the way they should have been and it was kind of chaotic but pretty soon it ended up being something where um, I had to give her a choice to like go you know which one do you want to do sales or transaction management and um, she decided to go on to the sales side of things and that's when uh, I was fortunate enough to find somebody really skilled yep. who was looking for a position who already had worked in a real estate office and knew what to do. And so that was really incredible. So I'm a big fan of Darren Hardy and one of his uh, principles in his, uh, I think it was an entrepreneur rollercoaster book was um, a players pay for themselves or whatever yep. he says. That it, is it really is true. So it's like, it's worth going out there and finding like the absolute best they will pay for themselves. Like don't worry about the cost because they generate so much more than what I have to pay them to 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 have them on my team. They contribute a tremendous amount of value. So I was lucky to find that uh that person in my uh administrator who um is extremely valuable member of the team. Like we wouldn't be able to do it without her.
1: Love that. And how long how long has she been with you?
2: About two years.
1: Okay. Yeah. And did you have to train her at all or she just came in and she just She slotted in.
2: So it was kind of both. She trained me. I trained her. Okay. Uh, And then we just kind of were always tweaking it and adding on. But uh, I, I kind of had, I had the sauna thing going, but I wasn't really using it very well because I'm always out there. I'm, I'm very much involved in. Um, I'm very client facing. You know, like I'm out there on appointments all day long, just running, going, doing. You know, I'm not like doing all the, you know, (laughs) computer stuff. Right. for worky things you know, or if I do it it's like at midnight you know so so she she kind of trained me on how to use it better and I just kind of come up with the ideas of like here's what I I set the expectations of like here's what I want and I do have a very high standard of practice like I want to do things like the very best and like bring the most value and so I'm always looking for ways to like tweak it adjust it make it better quality control that kind of thing yeah so, and I know she has that mindset too
1: I love that So you yeah. mentioned that you don't want to get the team too big, but what are your what are your plans? I mean, 90 transactions, where are you going with this thing? Now that you've got it really dialed in, where are you taking it?
2: Yeah, well, the one thing I want to avoid is complacency. I don't ever want to get complacent. I don't think that's a good space to be. So I'm always looking to be open to growth. And so... At some point, I may end up delegating more to, if I get a bigger team, I may bring on at some point a listing agent to help with me. That's like the scariest thing for me is it, right now is to let go of that. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I would probably, there'll be the, the logistical, you know, next step. And my coach is kind of saying that that's sort of what I need to be doing so that I can have more time for myself <laughs> or for my family, you know. So I, I'm open. I think I know this year I want to do over 100 transactions. I think we have the capacity to easily do 150 or more. It really is just a matter of just getting more efficient with our follow up systems and making sure we have enough people. That's why I just brought on another person because we we're getting to the point where leads were starting to fall through the cracks and not yeah. doing follow up, which is just a kind of big waste. So basically, just tightening it up and and um, you know bringing bringing on. I don't know. We got a couple more people, but. Ultimately, I kind of take it year by year. Yeah. Um, and I want to... My, my personal uh, goal is to start work, Start focusing more on my real estate investment side of things, um, which I've been doing for the past 15 years. I That's kind of exciting me for the future, like getting into more of the investment side and working on that and developing that.
1: So working so, with investors or building your own investments? My okay. own. Okay, cool. I think, you
2: cool. know, like working on... Work real estate sales is a great way to make a living and it certainly is a lot of fun. I love working with people and getting to know all these great people that I get to become friends with through the process. It's just really rewarding. But at the end of the day, really, real estate investment is really where the real money is made and for as far as like building wealth for retirement, yeah. Yeah. passive income and all of that. I've been a huge fan of that for the last 15 years or so and, and we've built a pretty decent portfolio but I would really like to grow that more.
1: Do you find it interesting that Real estate is one of the best ways to build passive income and wealth. And most real estate agents who are in real estate and have access to all the stuff don't invest in real estate.
2: Yeah. It's ironic. It really is. Early on in my career, way, way, way back, I had a really good friend and real estate agent who I was partners with. And he is a real estate investor, very entrepreneurial, smart person. He actually retired semi, he semi-retired, at like 45 and moved to Spain with his family and he's basically wow. just living on real estate investments you know but he was oh,
1: like that's awesome.
2: I know he's like living the, living the dream you know and so he's still a really good friend and mentor we talk all the time but his thing was like he had a really good year or what seemed like a really good year you know back in 2000 or whatever he's like don't spend your money go buy a rental property right now like do right. not talk to me until you find a rental property and you buy it and so I was like uh okay you know I was probably like 25 years old or something and went and bought a Bought a rental house and uh it all just started from there you know and um i'm telling you it really has been an amazing uh learning experience and um just fantastic way to build build wealth and how many and, properties do you have uh eight properties okay now. Mm-hmm.
1: love that can you tell me about a failure that you had that today you look at as a successful experience
2: yeah so i uh, would say like i've So backing up a little bit, I, my first admin experience, I hired the wrong person who was not the rock star that my current one is. Um, So backing up a little bit, like I did, I did try it out with somebody else before her and it basically just bombed and ended up being a very expensive mistake just because I hired somebody who did not have the skill set at all. Yeah. Um, And I was sharing them with somebody else, which didn't really work. And that was uh, quite a failure. But, um, but that was very much a learning experience because then like the next time around, I like, okay, I'm doing this for real, doing it the right way. Learning how to be a leader of people you know has been a challenge for me. So that failure, I failed at that one, gave me a good uh, base. would nope. <laughs> know what I didn't want and learn how what I did want and help me you know gotta kind of refocus my energies and to like, okay, I'm going to build this team, I need to do this the right way. And so it just kind of was a a good, uh, you know, kind of slap in the face to keep me, uh, on the right track there.
1: It's almost like a rite of passage. Like you've got to, you almost have to take on that first hire, whether it's an agent or an admin or both and just like work through what you just don't know. You didn't know. And then you figure it out. And I know some agents that have been successful with their first hires and it's, I think it's just, it's pure luck. Yeah. I know 95% of, of most agents, they failed with their first admin and first agent hire because yeah. they're not, yeah. they're not leaders yet. You know, we're, we yeah, think we can lead.
2: What you like versus like what their right. skills are or ignoring red flags. I kind <laughs> yeah. of Parallel to like going back to like the investment thing, like working with tenants, like being a landlord and working with tenants, like <sighs> I've made a lot of mistakes being a landlord and, um, you learn from those, you know? And, um, and a lot of them, I always, I've seen like every mistake I've made. Like I was kind of new in the back of my mind, that it might be a mistake, but then I just did it anyway. And then, you know, no surprise, didn't work out as planned, but you learn, you learn yeah. and you grow. Yeah.
1: That's how we do it. Jump in, figure it out, swim, yeah. get to the next one. So what advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time 20 years ago as a rookie agent, from like from today what advice yeah. would you give that rookie agent
2: create a business plan <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> right like that's what you start with like you can't wait yeah. without that find a mentor or mentors multiple mentors I still have multiple mentors and yeah you start with a business plan you know it's like when I start working with my coach or you know my, my broker now is like well what's your goal you got to have a goal and, and then you reverse engineer it from there. And I wish somebody had like sat me down and kind of walked me through it. You know, it's sort of, sort of like, I was just kind of thrown to the wolves and I felt kind of alone as a new agent, you know, sort of like, okay, here you go. You know, this is back before even like internet wasn't even a really big thing back in the late nineties. You know? <laughs> right. how, how do I even do this here? You know? So how do you define buyers and sellers? And yeah. So, you know, start with the business plan, find your mentors, step by step by step that's the main thing for me really was like i was too overwhelmed by thinking about like the enormity when i had to like build my business for real and i saw like people with successful businesses i felt sort of like how do i even get from here to there it just felt like totally mind-blowing and like incomprehensible yep it's important for me to step back and just take tiny little bite-sized chunks and just just like one thing i can do today is i can do this you know I can get some great headshots. That's what I can do right now, you know. I can right. like, not a Zillow profile. Sure, you know. Look into you're starting a firm, you know. Like, okay, I'm going to work on that this, this week. You know, if it, think about what's going to make a, the best firm, you know. It's like you can do those little bite-sized chunks, you know. And, of course, uh, always focusing on the appointments. It's like it all revolves around appointments. Like making the appointments is number one. You don't want to get too bogged down into your in your plan and, like, working out the – you know all the different minutia. If you're not like meeting people, you know, like that has to be the number one priority always. I mean,
1: so, what do you say to a new agent who who asks you for your advice and says, "Beth, what do I do? I want to I want to build my business like yours, but I, I'm not. I don't have a ton of sales. What do I do?" And you would say, "Get a mentor, get a coach, get something." Yeah. And they go, "Well, I don't have money. I don't have money for a coach."
2: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things you can do for free. You know, for example, listen to this podcast. There's a lot of great. <laughs> out there right (laughs) yeah a lot of free things out there so many you know there's there's uh i basically we we all spend a lot of time in our cars right so i'm always listening to like you know an audible book a podcast i'm feeding my brain constantly so you can do a lot of that for free and there's probably somebody in their office that really has it going on that would be happy to share And i find that most people that are really successful are very open and sharing they have a mindset they're not going to most if they see somebody really wanting to do the work that's the other thing is that you got to be, like, willing to do the work, you know, instead of just, like, listen, you know, you got to, like, do, keep, be ready to get out of your comfort zone and go do it.
1: Yeah, be in action.
2: Yeah, like, when people call me and they say, hey, can I have coffee with you and talk with you about some things I'm thinking about in my business, I always say yes. That's always a yes.
1: So... Because you think, learn from them, too, right?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I still have people that I like to meet with once a quarter or whenever, just, like, hear what's going on in their business, what do what they have these success with, what's their challenges, and you know it's just it's just good to just feed your mind with that and you can do that with no cost and when it comes a point to sign up for coaching there's a lot of options out there for that too so and and um there there is some cost to it but you know like any business there's always going to be some overhead to it i think that's something that people are real estate um have a little bit of trouble with because like when i first started it was like well i don't have to you know you just pay your, you get your open house signs you get right. your, you know, and you know you pay for a few little things you know but like we forget that like real businesses have real overhead. Like if you go to a restaurant, you know, like they have to rent the space, they have to decorate it. You got to like buy the food and all those things, you know? And it's like, and that's how, you know, when when you're, when you're building a real estate business, you have to build, you have to invest in those things too. So, but it's incremental, you know, lucky for us, we don't have to do it all at once. We can build it up slowly.
1: That's true. I mean, real estate is one of the lowest barriers to entry businesses I've ever come across. I mean, a restaurant, you, know, you get $100,000, $200,000, $500,000 startup cost. buying the food, decorating the restaurant, getting yeah. the space, building the space out. Real estate is so simple because you're right. You only have so many costs, but it's your responsibility to build yourself into a business owner and learn that that was your, that was your big gap five years ago. It was like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm,
2: I'm not a
1: business owner. Huge. I'm just a yeah. successful real estate agent.
2: Yeah, I know. And if I thought back then about like how much it was going to cost me to run my business, I probably would have just, I don't know, I I probably still would have done it. But it's definitely um, uh, a little bit scary to think about, you know, having to be, you know, generate that kind of business to be able to support your business. So, but you know, I didn't do it all at once. It's always just a little bit like when I started with Zillow, for example, I started with $300 of a very small zip code, you know, not expecting much to happen with it. And then, uh, I started getting business out of it. And then I just kind of bought a little more, watched the ROI. You always got to watch your ROI, very return on investment. You got to watch it very carefully to make sure you're making more money than you're putting in. And for me, I need to make, you know, at least three ROI to make it even worthwhile. So yeah. like three know, times for- your investment, Yeah, three times. Yeah. So put a dollar in like $3 needs to come out or it's not worth doing in my opinion. So it also takes awesome times to see the ROI. You got to give it for me like six to 12 months for any new, Thing. Like, if you're going to start a geographic farm, for example, and you stop after three months, I mean, it's just a total waste. You have to do it for a minimum a year to really start seeing any kind of ROI from that.
1: What made so. you – like, what were the signs that made you stick with your farms for three years before they started producing? That's a long time.
2: I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I what were the signs? Well, I start getting phone calls, and, you know, it's, it's like I think you got to nurture the leads, right? right? So, like, a seller might say, well, I'm beginning. – I'm seeing – I get, I get a hold of people saying, now, I see you everywhere. we we'll would be getting your, your postcards every, now I do it now twice a month my, because my coach said to do it twice a month, you know, and granted, I started getting some people who were really receptive and then I started getting some people who were like kind of crabby about it, which of course you just take them off the list, but I've since learned that like once you get like the haters or the crabby, then you know you're doing something right because you're, you're reaching that saturation point where people are like, that's ah, Traverso, enough already of you, you know, right. love you. <laughs> so it's like, great. So as soon as I started getting people um, getting to see the name recognition, I got people to go around town and people like, oh, you're that person, you know? I was like, yeah. So it's just really, really good for branding. And um, so as soon as I started seeing that kind of recognition happening, I, I knew I was on the right track and I, I kept with it. And then, you know, as soon as you get people like starting to contact me and, you know, you start getting some business out of it, then, you know, it's, it doesn't take a lot. for the, the farming actually is not that expensive. And so it really right. doesn't our price point, you know, if an average – Commission of say like twenty one thousand dollars or thereabouts. Like it doesn't take that many deals to create a positive return on investment. You know, even just like a couple deals a year, sure, is worth it. You know, so yeah.
1: What's your biggest source of pain in the business right now?
2: For me, it's um, like now we have all these different like tech platforms trying to mesh together. (laughs) Nope, and it drives me crazy. So, like, you know, we have these certain lead generation systems, like, the Zil- not just Zillow, but we're doing another one called YLOPO y is another really interesting one that's newer for us, and I don't know if you work with y Lopo at all, but...
1: Yeah, well, I've heard of it, for sure.
2: Yeah, and they do some really cool stuff with, like, uh, engagement and nurture, which is really cool. However, that involves drips and things, and so sometimes it gets kind of mixed up with other drips we have going on, and I don't want people to feel like they're talking to a bot, you know, and then, like, I talk to them, and then it gets like, some weird, you nice. know... Grip that's like has doesn't make sense and says it's for me and like that kind of stuff like drive, that that's sort of like my biggest pain point because like I'm not really like a tech. I don't want to be like tech support or whatever you know? yeah but I, I just want it all just to flow you know but you know that's probably my probably my biggest pain point at this time so I want to
1: talk to you about a couple of things so you mentioned some podcasts and some books you're reading can you tell the audience what's what's what are like two of your favorite books that you think they should read and what are your two favorite podcasts besides Real Estate Rockstars?
2: Right, right. Okay, so let's see. Um, for podcasts, I've been doing, uh see, Super Agents Live. That's a fun one. And I listen to Tom Ferry. You know, he puts out a lot of content. So he does a podcast too. And um, as far as books, like, well, you know, right now I'm listening to like, some negotiation books. Never Split the Difference. I'm listening Yo, to right fantastic now. fantastic book. Chris Fox. Yeah, I'm listening to that one more than once, you know, because like some of this stuff is like really goes deep, and there's a lot to learn. Sometimes I listen to more than once. I'll, I'll circle back to him later. Every day I do the Darren Daily. Here, that's another thing you can do for free. Sign up for Darren Daily. You get it every every morning at 5 a.m. Bing, you know, I get a nice little nugget of insight from Darren Daily. You know, Darren uh, Hardy comes right yeah. to me. So like those, those those are the things I do pretty much on like a regular basis. Yeah.
1: Love that. What is one piece of advice you can give agents to drastically change their business?
2: Be ready to do the work. Be ready to go outside your comfort zone and do things that you feel like you can't do. Like, there was a time when I would have felt like maybe I couldn't do this. Like, sit down and have a chat with you. Like, I remember sure. the first time I was asked to, like, talk in front of a group, I was terrified because I'm not, I'm not a natural extrovert. I'm not one of those people that's like, hey, look at me. Like, pay hey, attention <laughs> to me. I'm not personality. Not you know, I'm more... Uh, I love people, but I'm not like, I never saw myself as being like that. So um, for me to get comfortable just like sharing in front of a group of people took a little bit of work, you know, so it's this, but like anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable it gets, like anything hard, like becomes easy, the more you do it, just like anything ever, anybody ever learned in their life, you know, so um, you have to be ready to do that. So I would say if somebody could just like just be ready to just like step outside your comfort zone you know like make pick up the phone and make the calls you know and that kind of thing is it's just it's just the more you do it the easier it gets and so just put yourself out there and be willing to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do like in real estate we're asked to keep crazy hours and um you know it's you have to be open to like shifting and doing things you know at one at moment's notice you know like, hey somebody wants to write an offer on a house oh i had other plans um okay, let's do it, you know, find a way to make it work. It's not like a, here's the problem, end of story. It's like, here's the problem. How are we going to solve the problem? Now I have a team, you know, so I can bring them in to help me solve the problem. But just being ready to just, like, be in that kind of solution mindset and be willing to do the difficult things. That really is, because if you're not willing to do the difficult things, like, I just don't really see how it's really hard to be successful in this business if you're not willing to push yourself out of your comfort zone and do things you don't want to do. I love that.
1: So I want to take you back really quickly to your transition from, from the 20 years in business to that left five year ago point. I know a lot of real estate agents that are listening right now are there or they're going there because the markets are shifting and the way that agents are, are interacting with clients and, and with, you know, I buyer programs and AI bots, you know, like there are, there are, there are things interrupting and disrupting the agent population right now, especially if you're just a single yeah. agent kind of getting by, take the agents back to that time five years ago. And what was it through your, like your personal growth? Cause you had to grow your business didn't do anything. You yeah. had to grow into that. What were some of the things you did back then? I mean, obviously back then you didn't have a coach. So was it a book? Was it a, a, a seminar you went to? What was it that helped you shift from who you were to who you were becoming?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, whew, it's a lot, of, it was a lot of things, but I, uh, so I, I had to, hmm, that's a tough question because it goes so many different directions. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, help me, uh, help me refine this a little bit.
1: So you were sitting I, there one day, you had three kids and money uh, is draining out of the savings account. And you just yeah. said, Beth, this is what we need to do now. And you went that way and you never looked back. What yeah. was that?
2: So for me, we're the very first thing was I started with my uh, REMAX brokerage. And my uh, the broker owner there, who is you know, the very entrepreneurial, like I said, he, he laid it out. I'm like, what do I do to start this up again? He said, he helped me with the business plan. He basically gave me like the week by week, like do this, and then do that. I'm very good with like one foot in front of the other kind of stuff. Sure. And I focused, I really, really went, uh, I really went all in on that, so I just built it out all the way to the end of that. And when I got to the end of it, I'm like, "Okay, well, what's now? What's next?" I'm like, well, uh, you know, people don't usually go all the way to the end. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: new plan. <laughs> so
2: that was when I decided to bring a coach on, you know, because I'm like, I know there's more. You know, there's always more. I don't care where you are in your career, like or, or life. There's always more. So. So for me, it was just basically just like having that person basically like show me the way and to start working through those steps. And then like none of this is reinventing the wheel. There's all, there might be new, buyer Tag, maybe this, that, and the other. But honestly, like really the only thing, Zillow, whatever, it's like their internet leads, it all comes down to being genuinely helpful to the consumer, the buyer, the seller. These are people. We cannot forget that. And people are trying to think about what are we going to do? in the face of all this changed. Provide value. Be a caring human being. People come to me. When they call me, I don't care what source they're from, and they're like, Beth, can you help us with the house? Like, I'm thinking about, like, here's a person. I, I treat that, when I'm talking to that person, I talk to them, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, a friend is calling me because they have questions about real estate. So I, I treat them exactly the same way. Like, if you or another friend is, like, calling me and had questions, and I give them my genuine help. And I'm a real person looking to help them. I'm not focusing on a sales script or any of that. I mean, we definitely have our like path. We want to go down with people that we want to work with. You want to keep things on track. I'm focusing in on them and how I can help them as a person. Cause ultimately the seller, the buyer, they're going to work with whoever they feel they have. Uh, they like trust and respect. And so right. it's just about building that relationship with people. Like we cannot forget that with all this other stuff going on. So I think that's like the number one key, uh, element to to like, all of it revolves around that so i that think it's be, fantastic like, yeah so there's always going to be this i always going to you know whatever that you know now i've is the latest thing you know it's always going to be some new disruptor uh but ultimately this is a human a business with human beings and some people are going to want to do like the automated like push button sell house you know and that's fine i'm not looking to help those people if they want right. to do that that's fine looking for the ones who need an av- a trusted advocate to help guide them through a difficult and often stressful time in their life. Those are the people that I'm looking to help. So just being mindful of that.
1: That's fantastic. All right, Beth Traverso from Seattle, Washington. This has been fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on Real Estate Rockstars. Now, where can people find you,
2: you. besides in Seattle? Yeah. Right, yeah. And so- –
1: and- what are you, uh, what did you, what are you going to be putting on our website to get to the audience?
2: Yeah. So I'm sharing my uh, marketing program book and it's something that I, I bring to my, it's part of my pre-listing pack and anybody can go in there and customize it with their own information. It's branded to me, you know, but it's basically just like, it lays it all out. It's sort of like a resume and like what to do to prepare your house for sale, how this whole process is going to work in a really, really nice like book format that can be printed out and, and given to people. So I'm sharing that. And if somebody wants to find me, they can, uh, they can just Google me, but they can also just go to bethtraverso.com. So it's Traverso spelled T-R-A-V-E-R-S-O, bethtraverso.com. And um, we'd love to connect with anybody here. If anybody has any questions or you know, wants to discuss anything, I'm always happy to help out.
1: Cool. Beth, thanks for joining us today. Really right, appreciate your time.
2: You. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.
1: You're very welcome.
0: thank you so much for tuning in to real estate rock stars if this free content is giving you a ton of value i want to ask a small favor in return i need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio, right on Facebook, and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyden. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.